Howdy folks, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're talking marriage. We're talking about what we should do if we find ourselves not attracted to our spouse in any season of life that you'll find yourself in in marriage. Because you probably know this, but you go through seasons in marriage. Your body goes through, your bodies go through seasons in marriage. And it's funny, the kind of the impetus of this conversation was Katie and I separate from each other watching the same video. Uh, that got recommended to us on YouTube. We both came back. We're like, we wouldn't believe what I just heard. And maybe we'll tell you more about that here in a second. Uh, I also want to tell you that down below, we're going to link our favorite marriage resource in the entire world. And that's, what is it, Katie? Well, it's Marriage Maximizer. We're a little bit biased because it is my parents that partnered with now that we're a family to produce it. But their in-person marriage retreats have been the best resources that we've ever had for our marriage. And so it was a huge win for us to be able to beg them to work with us in producing this in an online format so that people who couldn't attend their in-person retreats would have access to this material. Yeah. And actually with that said, this is good timing. I'm glad you brought that up because their newlywed retreat is open for enrollment now. Oh, it is. And so we will get that link down below. Again, based off of the name, you could probably assume this is for newlyweds, which I think they is anywhere within the first few years of marriage. If you have one or less children kind of in that, that ballpark of, of your journey. Um, and so I'll link that below where you can register for their in-person newlywed retreat, which as Katie already mentioned, we love, if we weren't, if we could go every year, we, we would yeah, go we every would. year. <laughs> Um, and then I'm also going to link their free masterclass because maybe you're not able to go to the retreat. Maybe you're unsure as to whether or not you want to actually pay for the whole program. The masterclass is tons of value. And so we'll link that down below. Yeah. It's a Q and a yes. Asking, answering some of your questions. Sorry, I cut you off. No, it's okay. I'm glad you, glad you contributed that. All right, let's get this thing rolling. But now that we're a family. So Elisha, la, 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 la. okay. So like Elisha was saying, I watched this video. Elisha was gone over a couple days at a business coaching workshop, and so while he was gone, I was meal prepping after the kids went to bed. Watched this video. It popped up in my feed called "I'm not attracted to my wife because of her weight gain." And what's funny is we get this question quite often here on now that we're a family, we get the question to answer in our Q and A's, Hey, I'm not attracted to my spouse. What do I do about it? And so I was like, how does, how does this get answered? I'm super curious about this. And then it was funny because a couple days later, Elisha got home and he was like, I got this. Well, what did you tell me? Yeah, I think it was like, oh, there was this video recommended to me. And well, it had been recommended. You know how the algorithms work. It's like they keep showing it to you, keep showing it to you, breaking yeah. you down, breaking you down. And you're like, <laughs> okay, I'll give it a, I'll give it a listen. I'll give it a watch. And it ended up being the exact same video. Yeah, he started um, talking. I was like, I just watched this. And yeah. so it spawned like a whole conversation with us. And we're like, well, maybe we should talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, because in the short video... Maybe you guys, maybe our listeners have heard of this guy. He's a part of the Dave Ramsey network, which I didn't even know if that was a thing. No, we found him, we found him through this video. Yes, um, Doctor Tolani, John Tolani. Yeah, Delane Delani. Oh, I think it's with, with a, a D. D. Uh, yeah, okay. Anyways, I don't I don't even know what he's a doctor of. I don't I know nothing about him. I watched this video and I think that was it. Um, but it was pretty it was pretty 
interesting not just to listen to this dilemma and then him talk about how this is such a common thing and then to like read the comments in the video and have everybody share their experience uh, that they've had regarding this subject in their own life, both from a man's perspective and from a woman's perspective, both from, uh, you know, men saying, I'm not attracted to my wife anymore. Women saying, I'm not attracted to my husband anymore. Women saying, my husband's not attracted to me anymore. You know, husband saying, my wife doesn't want to have sex with me anymore. She's not attracted to me anymore. Like hearing from all it's the a, angles. It's a big discussion. Yeah. And, and like you said, we've gotten a handful of questions regarding this in in our q a's and i don't know why all of a sudden it's like maybe we should talk about this because it i think there was a couple things and i'll hear what your general thought is on the topic but i was a little struck by the um maybe the cavalier nature people will talk about this uh because i do think you know when you look at marriage as being the holy covenant that it is this relationship that is supposed to illustrate christ's relationship to us and it, it, and it is covenantal, you know, it's not contractual. It's something that is, there's a spiritual nature to it. And God views so high, God views it so highly. It is easy within our culture to speak so flippantly about it. Um, and to speak so, yeah, like I said, cavalier about different aspects of marriage. Of course, physical attraction is an aspect of, of a relationship, of a intimate relationship. Of course, it's not what a biblical or a Christian marriage is built on. And it certainly isn't what sustains a Christian in a biblical marriage. And so I think I was a little taken back by how even Christians will speak so flippantly regarding intimate aspects of their marriage. And I certainly don't want to do that here on this podcast. I don't think we have any plans to do that. But I don't know. What's your overall like thought Are on the topic? Are you speaking about like the call-in guest? Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. And so then, it wasn't the advice that was given from... No, not necessarily. I mean... I thought I think I was a little taken back by his flippancy too. I, I think I think he had good advice, mm-hmm. and I think he has a sober mind towards marriage. Um, but you know, I just think of even Matthew. Um, what is Matthew five twenty seven? When he says, "Hey, you've heard it said by those of old, do not commit adultery." But I say, if a man looks upon a woman to lust, he has committed adultery with her in his heart. And I think growing up, you know, with a dad that taught that, that really that talked about, you know, making a covenant with your eyes, being like, Hey, I don't like, you just have eyes for your wife. There was a sobriety around that. And, and it's not that I've walked in, you know, anywhere close to perfect in that category, but I've had a very sober perspective regarding that. And I think this acceptance that like, Oh, Christian men are going to have wandering eyes, but Hey, try to find a way to be content with your home. It's kind of like, well, how come that's the expectation? That should not be the expectation. Uh, and if that is a struggle, then you should go to great lengths to preserve and protect your marriage. You know, not just filters, but the environments you put yourself in. I think Christians should look radical in certain areas. And if, you know, preserving the intimacy in your marriage or in the bedroom or just how your thoughts towards your wife require radical decisions, then it's like, well, then what's stopping you? Like, make radical decisions around those things. Yeah, like, where, what are the main areas causing that stumbling to happen? And then either avoid those completely, those environments or mm-hmm. those devices. Or, like, we know that that's not... Um, freedom from sin can be... is not contingent on 
you know, putting ourselves in like a little bubble, yeah. right? Yeah. Like God is greater than all of that. Well, and also our hearts more sinful than even putting yes, our, exactly. And in our a hearts bubble. more sinful than all that, and we are capable of sinning no matter what uh, outside of Christ's strength. But there are also practical steps that we can take as men and as women, if that is being a real big stumbling block in our marriage. But I think of this in regards to this episode and just the concept that weight gain will happen. It's over a lifetime with a person, right? It's it's going to happen. Our weight is going to fluctuate. So obviously, as a childbearing woman... I know that that is a roller coaster I ride up and down um, and have consistently ever since we've gotten married. And I am so grateful that through every single season of of that process, Elisha has only been affirming to my beauty, uh, perceived or subjective, more <laughs> objective or subjective. It's always been objective. Uh, it's but always. choosing to, regardless of what he, he thinks or what I, I, how I view myself, he's choosing to speak words of life over me. And that's just been an incredible blessing, even when I know that I'm not acting in a manner that is healthy mm. or acting in a manner that is, um, taking my health as seriously as I should make, should be taking it for the sake of myself, for the sake of our marriage. Um, and so I've been really, really grateful for that, but it, it happens both with both spouses, I think. No doubt. And I've, I mean, I'm married to Superman. No, but I, and that's, he does work out all the time. Is super consistent with all those things. Well, no, that eating well, and and that's not true. I've gone through you know valleys in my health, and and I think this could look different. You know, the weight gain I think is a very um, well common one. I would say, yeah. like you said, especially for child you know childbearing women, like that's just a part of the deal there. But then with men and women in general, that's just becoming more and more in America and in the West a common theme is waking. So that's an easy thing to point to. But I think for different people, it might just be, you know, lack of health, lack of energy, not, not treating their health seriously. And so Mm -hmm. that they, so they don't have the vitality that they once have. They don't have the energy that they've once had. Cause maybe I haven't done like the weight gain thing, but I've gone through unhealthy seasons Mm -hmm. where it reflected in my complexion and, and in my weight at times. And then also just in my overall energy where I think you were really gracious during those seasons where it's like, yeah, I wasn't like the spunky, you know, whatever, you know, energetic guy that you married. Uh, but you encouraged me in my health. You encouraged me even in my appearance. And over time that actually, you know, the whole like speaking life into somebody can lead to them acting accordingly. Yeah, exactly. I think that's something that is really important because I feel like you've done that with me as well. And I think that something that is an important, important to know is that usually our physical health is a outward reflection of what we're going through mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Because I think of any type of, you know, weight gain or, um, or just unhealth, right? Not choosing the decisions that we know we're surrounded by so much information about our health and we just aren't making those decisions that we know are healthy for ourselves. Um, so it's usually, a outward reflection of what we're going on, what's going on inwardly to some extent. And so it can be really difficult if we're already struggling with depression or insecurity, or maybe we're on a medication that's causing us to gain weight or have unappealing symptoms that we're really frustrated by, or stress or pregnancy or our motivations just down. 
to have a spouse dogpile on that and be like, hey, and also, you are not attractive to me right now. Like, that is just the ultimate blow. And I've never experienced that, but I cannot imagine experiencing that, I guess, when I have been in all of those seasons (laughs) um, at different times and to different levels. I just can't imagine having... um, not feeling like your spouse is on your team, but all of a sudden they are looking at you and you're the problem and mm. you already know you're the problem and you're struggling with that. Yeah. Like you said, you, you consider all those variables and those factors, which we are going to cut here in the show to tell you guys about good ranchers, which we know you guys are familiar with them, but we want to remind you that 85% of the meat you buy at the grocery store is imported. That was news to me. Even if it has the little like USDA sticker on it or whatever, we're importing our meat with less than quality standards. And so that's where Good Ranchers comes in because they are 100% American raised beef and it's delivered to your doorstep. So we're so thankful for that. It's hormone free, vaccine free, antibiotic free. It Their chicken's pasture raised and they go beyond organic with their meats. And so instead of even sticking with the organic standard that still allows certain shots and just lame stuff in the meat, they go above and beyond that standard, which I really respect. So anyways, if you use our code VOTEBERG through the end of February, B-O-E-T-B-E-R-G at goodranchers.com, then you get Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm going to have to look here. You get $900 of bacon free. So over the next four years, you get free bacon in your box every month you order. Wow. That's kind of crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, so all you have to do is try it out this month with our code VOTEBERG at goodranchers.com. And it's like, if you don't love it, then you can opt out. But if you're anything like us, I think you're going to really, really enjoy their meat. It is tasty. You could taste the quality. And I love how thoughtful they are from the moment it shows up on your doorstep to when you are cooking meat. It's not icky. It's not gross. It's not drippy. It's just easily packaged and, I don't know, pre-prepped for you. We love it. Nice. And coupon code, let's see if I can do this. I've never tried this before. Is it Victor, Oscar, Echo, Tango, Bravo, Echo, Romeo, Golf? Wow, that sounds good to me. Is it Victor? Is that what? I. Where is that what people say? Victor? Victory? Victor, Oscar, Oscar. It's Echo, right? Tango, Bravo, Echo, Romeo, Golf. All right. Let us know if we got that right in the comments below. (laughs) Check out Good Ranchers. you know like every woman goes through at some point you know all those things then to have the person that you're in covenantal relationship with that you're supposed to have this um you know this love that's never uh what's it called you know like a non like love that's (laughs) non-negotiable what's what's the word word? unconditional love yeah unconditional love um and you want this safety and this camaraderie and this support uh, to be able to work through the highs and lows of life with, I mean, you go back to like the marriage vows, you know, like for better or for worse, you know, through thick and thin or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's good. We had to throw that one in there, especially uh, in the 21st century where weight is such a struggle for us. Yeah. And so it's like you, you already feel bad. And then to have this person, like you said, speak, a, a a sentence, especially of identity and of like, on yeah just like this fact like i this is i'm not i'm not attracted to you anymore you're mm-hmm. fat you don't inspire me whatever 
mm-hmm. the the words may be, that's devastating. That's well, insane. yeah, and that's definitely going to affect. You know, the one person on one side can be like, "Well, I'm not attracted to this person," and that's affecting our sex life. But you think of how how vulnerable is that other person going to be once you say that? Oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? That's really like, going to do you some that's, favors. That's yeah. not going to improve their confidence or their vulnerability or their. Um, you know, participation on any level or enjoyment in that intimate relationship. And so it really is just this undercutting to your entire marriage. And that's something that I'm so grateful. I don't know where you pick this up because I know of so many men who like guys that I think would be, oh, they're a great husband. And their wives tell me like, oh yeah, my husband said I was fat or he said, I need to lose weight. And I'm just like, huh? Hmm. You know, like like that's a thing. You, someone just has told that to your your husband. Like I just I can't imagine that. And and likewise, I I don't know from the husband's perspective, but that's just never something that we would say in our marriage. Are is like you're fat or you need to lose weight or I'm unattracted to you this way. Um, it's just I can't really imagine that. We are going to get into in this episode, how to have a conversation on the flip side, because I do think that a lot of couples find themselves in this little standoff situation where you, where you don't see your spouse. We're going to get into it. Okay. If you aren't attracted to your spouse, I do want to talk about that a little bit too. Yeah. Um, because I do think that there, there is that side of it. Yeah. Um, Cause I, cause I do think it's, it's not, um, Let's see. I don't. I don't we again, we're just talking this out in real time. Yeah. But if, if there is a if if you can factually say I'm not attracted to my spouse, I'm not sexual. There's no sexual desire anymore. There's you, they've gained weight. Like I don't whatever. All the things that you could say are just factual. It's like okay, if those exist, don't don't lean into those things. Don't yeah. Don't fuel that fire like maybe acknowledge be like oh okay i need to start working towards being attracted to my spouse speaking life into our marriage behaving in a way that might inspire change in them like you can't look at them as being the problem at that Mm -hmm. point you kind of are the problem and Mm -hmm. i think especially as the men when you view yourself as head of the home which god calls us that uh and and again it's the covenantal relationship and how are we supposed to love i know you don't like this but just hear me out how are we supposed to love our wife as christ loved the church and gave himself up for it uh when you take that type of responsibility like christ took for us christ took 100 percent responsibility for us we, he took our blame even and so it's like oh whose fault was the sin was it jesus's no but yet he took responsibility mm-hmm. for it and so when you put yourself in that position as the as the head of your home, as the man, you're like, okay, this, I'm taking a hundred percent responsibility for, uh, our marriage. Does that mean her sins are your sins? Well, no, her sins are her sins, but you're taking responsibility in those areas. Um, and then when it comes to thing like health or like, I'm not equating, uh, health to sin. Like I don't want to people to get tripped up by saying like, yeah, I know this is kind of like a tricky conversation, but yeah. But if you're, if your brain's there, it's the same thing when, when like you feel your affection turning away from your Lord and Savior. You just don't, you don't just say, well, I don't love God anymore. And so I'm going to go start loving other things. You go back to his word. You say, Lord, give me a a love for you. Give me a love for your word. And I think you need to have that earnest prayer for your spouse. Like, give me eyes for my spouse again. What, if this, if it's, if I'm taking hundred percent responsibility, like I said at the beginning, it's probably not just her or him. It's, it's like, where, what else am I exposing myself to? 
at some point you're probably comparing if there's any type of comparison, mm-hmm. like we'll get rid of the thing that you're comparing uh, mm-hmm. her to like, and, and oftentimes it is simply a thing cause it's probably artificial, you know? And so like eliminate that. And so, so much discontentment I think does come from comparison. It comes from, you know, sizing, sizing up your lifestyle to somebody else's, you know, sizing up your spouse to somebody else's and you know, that's detrimental and you know that that is harmful. And so like a fervent, when you view marriage for what it is, it's like fervently protect it. Mm-hmm. It's starting in your head, you know, with like in your brain, like we are commanded time and time again to take our thoughts captive mm-hmm. to not say, Oh, these are my thoughts. I'm not attracted to my spouse then I'm going to let those play out. It's like, no, catch that thought, take it captive, put it away, pr- you know, pray about it and like set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, earth, not on the things of the earth. Uh, and whatsoever things are true and lovely and of good rapport, you know, the Philippians four focus, think on these things. I, I, th- I really think you can apply that to how you view your spouse. Yeah, we don't want to have these fixed mindsets when it comes to our spouse and be like, well, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked earlier on an episode on um, would we be happy if our child was gay mm. and just that whole conversation and how we have this fixed mindset around um, gender and attraction and saying, well, I am attracted this way. It is what it is instead of it's not it's not it is what it is. We can change the way that we think. No doubt. And, it, our brains are malleable. Yeah. Is well, in fact, right our, the word? way we are thinking is being changed. The question is, is it according to God's word? Is it yes. being transformed by the renewing of our mind according to his word? Or is it being conformed to this world? Via society or culture or images we're seeing or all these different things. And so we can start telling ourselves, I am attracted to my spouse. Um, I like this aspect about them finding those positives, being that gold miner when it Mm. comes to your spouse and choosing to champion them. I think of in Reforming Marriage, um, a book we've recommended before that I think is so good. There is this part that speaks to husbands being the husbandmen of their gardens, Mm. their wives' gardens, and just as in like their wife is a garden and sometimes the steward doesn't want to, you know, you spoke to the man taking full responsibility. Sometimes you see he doesn't want to take any responsibility because he doesn't want the wife representing him, right? He doesn't want to take credit for who she is. And so I think of when you view your wife, you view your, um, I'm going to say wife from this perspective, from this point of view, because that's what the book was speaking to. Um, as, okay, this is my garden. Is she vibrant? Is she glowing? Mm-hmm. Is she happy? Is she joyful? Is she just um, so content and confident and beautiful? That really speaks back to who that husbandman of the garden mm. is. Yeah. And and so if there is this, um, a garden that you don't find attractive, maybe taking more ownership for it and how do i love and cherish more and create this vibrancy there instead of just kind of poking at it with a stick well, i'm like why don't you produce more fruit yeah. and be more more bountiful over there you yeah know? well that's exactly right because it is a reflection of the husband man right like yeah. of the caretaker like how good of a husband have you been well look at how's your wife look i think he talks about that in the book yeah like has over the last 10 years you got married 10 years ago is your my wife more vibrant full of life is she abounding in the fruits of the spirit more does she have life in her eyes and, and i think people know the difference too of like a slim waist and you know in a curvy body versus like a vibrant wife like a oh, vibrant yeah. 
Like there's that, a huge There's difference. a huge difference. And yeah. so somebody could be, you know, 30 or 40 or whatever, you know, pounds heavier than when you got married, but it's like, oh no, they are more full of life. Oh, they have been loved well. You just want to be around them. And yeah. the same goes for the woman that you see maybe in her 40s that looks like she's 15 years younger than <laughs> she is, but everyone's just like, walking 15 feet around yes. no one thinks oh that's a joyful vibrant fruitful woman you think kind of like uh i don't i don't want what there what's there right. it, that's just as dead and dormant yes if that makes sense even though maybe from an outside computer generated standpoint it's got all the right proportions <laughs> yeah you and know it, and it is a reflection of how well the husband's loved yes, her yes and, and how and, and and the way he's loved her not just as he loved her well it's like has he built her up in the in the attributes of god or is he just built her up in the attributes of this world and yeah. his value system been very, you know, carnal and, and physical. Um, and, and I think that is actually really interesting to think about when you think of say getting married at 25. Um, and he says that in the book too. Isn't that so funny? He goes, well, I think this was maybe in a, in a, a different podcast book? episode oh. or something. Oh, Cause okay. you told me about it and I thought it was so funny and it's true. It is true. It's Cause so it's true. like you marry, say you get married at 25 and it's like, yeah, your wife's a youthful 25 year old. And then you get to 30 and 35 and it's like, okay, like there's still youth there. But then the 25 year old is still the 25 year old at like, that point. There's always, there's always the 25 year old. And then your wife gets to 40 and 45 and like her body's going to go through changes. And that, that the 25 year old still the 25 year old. Like it's just the next, it's the next batch of 25 year olds. Right. And yeah. it goes on and on into your fifties. And he's like, and right on cue, the 25 year olds always there yeah. to, you know, to compare your, your spouse to. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes both ways. Or compare yourself to as a woman. And I think if the, if the confidence that we're deriving is strictly from our looks, we're not going to be able to compete, I put in air quotes, with that younger woman or with that, yeah, just straight up with youth our whole lives. So when we're clinging to our youth as our only strength, then that is inevitably going to go away. We need to invest that youth into a relationship with a husband that is yeah. going to love us unconditionally with children. They're going to rise up and call us blessed with the community. We need to be fruitful in every single area of our life and invest that youth, not just try to, you know, soak it in a bunch of chemicals and preserve it for the next decade. Yeah. Because that's a losing battle. It is. You're not exactly. It's a losing battle. Whereas spending your youth on things of greater value you know, yeah. even you just talk about investing into you, putting time into knowing the Lord, growing in mm-hmm. the, the fruits of the spirit, knowing him more, knowing his word more, growing in your marriage, your children. And then you get to 45, you get to 55, you get to the gray hairs and you're like, wow, look at the fruit from all of this. And and I think too, as a Christian man, speaking at it, at it from a man's perspective, as a 25 year old, I would, oh, sorry, as a 40 year old, I would hope that I'm attracted to different things than as a 25 year old. Like the attributes of a godly woman should become more and more appealing and alluring and inspiring to me as I grow in my faith. It's like mm-hmm. if, if you're still motivated by the same things as you were when you're 25, when you're 35 or when you're 40, it's like you're probably you're wrong in that category. And They're so, definitely not going to be there in the same way. So yeah. good luck with that. And so as a man, when you grow in hopefully your faith and godliness and a love of righteousness and that's what's then being displayed in your wife. Sure, her at twenty, her twenty years later or ten years later, and and you and her body's changed, and, and it's been through all sorts of seasons. It's been through postpartum's. It's been through third trimesters. It's been, you know, um, whatever through all the all the hormonal changes. 
But then that character and the, the fruits of the spirit are more evident. You're like, well, that's what I'm mostly attracted to. Like that has become more and more of a, I guess, like the, the leading indicator, you know, for beauty. I'm so glad I'm married to you. That makes me so excited. Just that you're just going to love me for all my studying of God's word. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, no, I would it's hope. true. There, it, there is that richness that I feel more, you know, we've only been married seven and, you know, going on eight years here, but I feel so much like our love and your attraction to me is so much deeper and more constant and like less shakable than it was, you know, six months into marriage. And I mean, I'm more attracted to you than ever, but you make me feel more and more confident as a woman, I guess, mm. the longer we've been married. Uh, well, good. I hope so. I mean, that's how I, 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 that is my sentiment. Like that's not just me trying to fabricate feelings, um, or thoughts towards you. And, and I think a lot of it, again, going back to whatever men's perspective are these, like these men that will say those type of devastating Mm -hmm. words, especially like if your wife's gone through one pregnancy, like Mm -hmm. if she's gone through one third trimester, one postpartum, one labor, that's insane. Like, I don't, when you, you know, witness that firsthand as a man, I think, and then the life comes through that and you have your children, you know, just like a, uh, it's, which is the Lord's blessing in your life. And it comes through your, your spouse. It's pretty crazy to think about then like not having, um, a new level of like, uh, grace and mercy for whatever your wife could be going through. You know, that's pretty insane. You know, and the fact that like, we've got five children, that you've um, carried, you know, you've gone through all the trimesters, you've gone through the labors and then the postpartums. And it's like at any point, you know, like shame on any man or shame on me. If at that point you're like, oh, you know, you're not as sexy as you once were, or I'm not as, you're like, do you, I don't know, do you realize what's just happened, you know, like through this body and what they went through? It's pretty crazy. Oh, Elisha. Oh, I love you so much. Well, I think it's, I do think that there is this element of transforming our minds too to what God says is fruitfulness. And we don't view children as a form of wealth or as a form of fruitfulness or as a form of value. And so therefore we see a, um, our culture sees a more high value woman as a woman who maybe hasn't gone through childbirth and isn't saggier or isn't, um, you know, have stretch marks or these other things. Whereas even if you look at scripture and you look back to the old Testament saying a woman who birthed a ton of children was a very high value woman because she gave her husband lots of fruitful children. Mm -hmm. And that was a wealth that the man saw as wealth Mm -hmm. in his wife. And I think that sometimes we don't place any value on that. And we think, Oh, well you still, you need to give this value when it comes to kids, but really it's just taking from your worth instead Mm. of adding to your worth. Mm. Um, Obviously our worth as women is not found in our childbearing. And I want to clarify that. I'm just saying that the Lord, if he's given us the ability to bear children, that is a beautiful thing that we get to, um, that we get to do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you value that uh, from me Mm -hmm. and and don't just expect my body to remain unchanged while, while that value is being added to our home. Right. And that is just a a really big blessing for me. And I think that's a perspective though, that in our culture we've just lost is placing any value on that um, and think that there shouldn't, 
like it's just all a bummer it's all a sacrifice mm -hmm. and there's no reward mm -hmm. um i do think that sometimes we can get frustrated with our spouse and maybe lose attraction to them when we feel like they don't care and ultimately that can be a root cause to this it's not like maybe they're taking a medication or they're doing all the right things and this um they just can't they can't change what's going on in their body right then you know but th that is one um, side where someone is trying to do everything that they can to take care of themselves and it's just not their ideal and it's just we just need to be loving and encouraging in the relationship. But then there's also this other side where I think that as a spouse, we could start to get bitter when we look at our spouse and think they don't care. They aren't valuing themselves because they don't value our marriage. They don't value looking attractive to me or trying anymore. They don't value intimacy in our marriage. And it is true that as women are attractive, like how attractive we are attracted we are to the idea of physical intimacy often is based on how attractive we feel hmm. so if we aren't putting in any effort to you know regardless of how we look and what babies or what life or what different seasons have done on our bodies if i think our husbands can value the effort of just showing that we care you know hmm. still doing our makeup doing our hair realizing this is an unreal unideal life season but making sure our breath smells good still looking attractive doing what we can to feel confident in this season and to um, show our husbands that we value them and we also value intimacy uh, physically in our relationship instead of you know just putting on an oatmeal sack and hiding in the corner and putting ashes on her head and be like hey don't come near me with a 10 foot pole. I think that can cause a lot of resentment in marriage. And I think that that can go both ways. If um, a woman feels like her husband is just, he doesn't care anymore yep. and he doesn't care to impress her and he's not even going to try and he doesn't care to uh, make her light up. Then I just feel like that is something that is worth addressing and having a conversation about in my opinion. I don't know what you would say, but I don't think that, um, I do think that that needs to be addressed. Yeah, well, I I mean, I don't know if you think this, but I feel like we have had those conversations in our yeah. home, or at least I feel... We have. Uh, and it has nothing to do with appearance. It has nothing no. to do with physical. It's, it's, a, it's a heart posture towards a given thing, you know, mm -hmm. being like, okay, I feel like you don't care about this area anymore. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's crazy because I think the things you mentioned can go overlooked, but I think are powerful from a man's perspective. It's like, oh, my wife doesn't seem into me. She doesn't want to have sex. And it's like, well, like, are you wearing the same deodorant you wore when you were in seventh grade? Like, or are you wearing deodorant? Are you wearing deodorant? Yeah. Like, are you showering before you approach her? Like, are you passing gas when she's in the car with you? Like, <laughs> yeah. are you passing gas in the bedroom? Like, are you combing your, do you, have you gotten a new haircut? Like, have you upgraded your wardrobe? Like do your do your stinky shoes? Are they sitting next to the bed? Uh, you, do all you those things. Your teeth? Yeah, like, you brush your teeth. Like how is your hygiene? Like that's going to affect these very physical, basic things, regardless of how you look. Say a 
so many words to your spouse in terms of I care for you. Exactly. And when you go back, when we talked about when we were dating, when you're trying to win your spouse, you're extremely conscientious of those things. And we talk about the security and the comfort that can come with that covenantal relationship with the... um, the love that's non-negotiable, <laughs> unconditional, <laughs> like, oh my goodness, I'm so grateful. There's unconditional love in this marriage. And then it's like, so then what? You stop caring. You yeah. stop doing yeah. the things that won your spouse to you. You stop bringing them flowers. You stop writing them love notes. Like you said, you stop caring about basic hygiene or, you know, putting on a fragrance that might, you, that you're like, Hey, like this might kind of, you know, get them in the mood. Um, then, well then, yeah, that's what you get. Like r- that there's going to be a common there's going to be a pretty predictable result from that type of behavior. Yeah, I guess if you're trying, there is, there is unattractive things will happen through life, right? But are we showing that we not we don't care? Like there will be times when I kiss Elisha and I have bad breath, right? But do I just not care or am I, you know, trying to brush my teeth before I know that there's a chance that that will be happening? Mm-hmm. You know, and so there are these things where I could, uh, you know, I should just say like, oh, my wife had bad breath. I'm not attracted to her. <laughs> you know, like those things will happen that are unattractive in sure. the moment. Right. Yes. But are we, you know, you mentioned passing gas or these other things that are just like crude and, and not attractive. Are we doing our best to make sure those things do not happen if we can control them? No doubt. Does that make sense? We well, can only control what we can control, I guess right. is what I'm saying. But if we aren't controlling what we can control, then it's showing our spouse we don't care. And I think we need to be really careful on that point. And that's where it's interesting because things in marriage, you can have tons of grace for each other, tons of, you know, whatever, you know, like there's a buffer like there. Long suffering. Yeah. yeah, long suffering. But then I think when you sense a a lack of an attitude shift where it's like, Oh, they, they don't care anymore. Like it's not, it's like, sure. When there's a lot of meat on the bone, so to speak, them not making the bed or leaving their clothes on the floor or leaving the toothpaste out the, the, all the, the cliches that people get upset about those things can be, uh, those can genuinely be a non-issue when like the love tanks full, when there's Mm -hmm. a lot of meat on the bone. But then when you realize there are going to be seasons where there's not a lot of meat on the bone, it's like, yeah, like you make f make an effort, like put pick mm-hmm. your clothes up, do you know, hang your shirts up, uh, mm-hmm. whatever, go through all the all the things. And I think if you sense your spouse, and, and this is what I was going to get to, because you've come to me and and I've come to you in areas of our life. Okay, and I don't know which one you want to address. Maybe I'll address the time that I'll I'll address how like when you came to me. Okay, does that make sense? And this has happened. You know, it's not like it happens all the time, but it was <coughs> from you. It wasn't like, oh, you're lazy. I'm not attracted to you anymore. No. It was you, me communicating with my behavior that I didn't care that we were in bed at the same time every night. That I didn't care if I was not sleeping well and then would therefore not get up at a reasonable hour. Um, because we've gone through all sorts of seasons where sleep's been hard. We have grace for one another. You know, one of us gets up with the kids. The other one gets extra yeah. sleep. Um, but then when you see your spouse like leaning into that just being like, this just is what it is. I'm going to watch a movie through the night and then sleep in, or I'm just going to eat food all night long, which is what I was doing there for a season. You were like, okay, this is not okay. It wasn't that you're, it's, you're like, you're what your attitude towards it is. What's not okay. Is that how you would describe it? I mean, you've been, I, I, it sounds like super petty, I feel like. And sometimes I go back and forth on, on whether it even was because you've been so consistent throughout our marriage to 
lead our family, lead yourself, work out, be on top of all these things, you know, your hygiene, your dressing, all these things. And so it was a relatively really brief season. I think my um, threshold, because I'm used to Elisha being still on top of things, oh, is no. way too low. No. My season of long suffering is about six hours. No. <laughs> no, but it was it was a relatively short season. But like you said, there was just a shift in attitude, and so it it yeah, it started out maybe like a couple days, and it was like okay you were, you were injured or, you know, there was something that kicked it off. Which oftentimes there is, like you said. Usually there is, there's something that kicks it off and you think, okay, I need to have grace for this season. And then it started to feel like, well, maybe this is the way it is. And like, like I said, looking back, I laugh because I'm like, I am the most pathetic wife ever because it was not very long, but, but yeah, you took that. Obviously it was a hard conversation to have because it's not fun for either person. And I do think you need to be really gracious going into that conversation. Well, I think the reason it was ended up being very fruitful. Well, no, because I think you didn't speak to my identity. You didn't say you're a lazy bum that's sleeping in. And, but you could have, you could have approached it with that type of attitude. It was like, Hey, I get, cause it was, it was right. It was a, it was an injury that led to me having a hard time sleep that led mm-hmm. to me then be like, well, if I'm not going to sleep, I'll stay up. And then if I'm going to stay up, I'll eat junk food. If I'm going to be junk food, I'll watch a movie. And then like just the whole series. Yeah. Right. And, and like you said, there's usually like a triggering event and it was so empowering to be like, okay, you weren't like, you didn't tell me I need you to sleep at a normal rate again it was like hey if we could just all be done eating after dinner if or, or it wasn't even that it was like i don't know if i said specifics. no yeah. no but you basically yeah, i felt very empowered because it yeah, was I like can't remember oh what like, I, said. I don't it's okay if i'm having a hard time sleeping but it means a lot to katie when we go to bed at the same time like mm-hmm. we can we can talk we can catch up on the day um we can and if i need to lay in bed and read or if i need to get up later she's not gonna it's not a huge deal to her or if i can get up at this time but if i need to take a nap later that's mm-hmm. a huge blessing you 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 really articulated ways where it's like hey you, you weren't telling me to just fix my problem mm-hmm. um you're like these are things that you can do that i think would be more encouraging to me no <laughs> yeah 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 i know it sounds kind of lame but like it, it was a hard conversation and and you you were so gracious in receiving it and likewise i was um pregnant with lawrence in february February's tend to be hard for me and you approached me and were so gracious and there was just it was a season where I was just pretty depressed and so I again I was going through seasons where I was eating sugar every night I was not working out every single day you know I was just and I was complaining all the time about my back hurting about not having you know I didn't have a uh, I wasn't very motivated at the thought of physical intimacy. I wasn't feeling attractive. I was just down on myself and it was really affecting our marriage, but I wasn't taking any steps to change that. I was just walking around in sweatpants all day, just feeling down, being down. And I don't know, I can't speak to exactly what you said to me, but Elisha was so gracious and just saying, Hey, he didn't address you know the fact that I gained 20 pounds in a month you know and and here I am just a few weeks pregnant because the weight gain really hadn't kicked in yet it was just like it didn't need to kick in if that made sense it was my lifestyle choices that were making the gain um the weight gain happen and stuff like that he didn't address any of that you didn't say you weren't attracted to me but you did say hey the way the decisions I see you making 
I don't see benefiting you in the long term and I don't see them bringing a lot of vibrancy or health to you or to our marriage and I don't know how to say this so people don't you know beat up Elisha because I feel like anytime a husband addresses his wife about anything people freak out about it but he was really really loving and really really gracious and I felt very confident in his love for me and that none of that was going to change but I also felt motivated to be like okay he's right like I'm not thriving, I'm not doing well. And I've just really leaned into that and been like, well, then I'm not going to try in any area of life instead of realizing, okay, this is a, this is affecting me. This is affecting our kids. This is affecting our marriage. I'm tearing Elisha down and I need to start taking steps, which I can totally take to have energy and have joy and, you know, spend time in God's word and be a life-giving person hmm. to be around. Hmm. I don't know. How would you? Yeah. Again, it's like, I, I cannot recall the conversation, but I, I do know I've never had any, um, ill feelings towards you regarding your appearance. Uh, and so I think that does, that probably helped in the way that it was communicated, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause, cause I don't think I had to like beat around the bush in any way. I was just kind of like, what, it was just a holistic, like what, like, what I are we doing a here? Healthy person. Like, like we, um, and I know that even a conversation like that can, depending on how your spouse approaches, it can be discouraging because usually the person knows they're not. It's like, that's, you said this at well, the beginning. Well, that is it. Like, I, I did know that already, but I wasn't making any changes. And hmm. I felt like I needed you to say something in order for me to feel motivated to change. Does that make sense? It was, it's kind of tricky because obviously different people are going to be in different seasons of life and you have to know your spouse and you have to know when it's time to approach and when it's time to just back off Mm -hmm. and love them. But the way that you loved me in this instance was by inserting yourself. And it was really hard. Like I cried a ton that night and I was super sad and bummed out because I did feel like in the moment I'm you know, I have all my excuses for why I am the way I am acting right now. And like, and then you come and you have to say something about it. But then it completely transformed my perspective the next day. You know, when we woke up, I just started behaving differently. And, um, I, I thanked you so many times for that conversation afterwards, you know? Okay. Well, yeah, I wish I could go back and remember what I said. It's like that's But it, I'm not saying it's not always going to feel like the right thing in the moment. I hmm. think you can have those if it's going to lead to long-term resentment or bitterness in the marriage, I think it's worth approaching your spouse about it. Yeah, cuz I mean, again, I'll try to go back in time, but as being, you know, you want to be good friends with your spouse, you want to be comrades, you want to be co-laborers, and if Time after time, you keep hearing your spouse complain about this or complain about that or be bummed about this or bummed about that. But they aren't doing anything about yeah, kind of it. Yeah, like, well, you know what? Like, what, what if we did something here? And again, I don't know if that was how the conversation started or didn't start. Um, but I think that's happened in our marriage. Where, and you've done the same thing for me. It's like you keep saying this, that, and the other. You want to get back into a good family evening routine. Mm-hmm. And then this, this happened, you know, honestly, kind of recently within the last few months of me bringing work home, working on my computer in the living room and doing it night after night after night and then getting to the dinner table and be like, oh, I just wish we could have our family evenings back. And it's like, I say that for a couple weeks in a row 
and you're like, well, you know, you know, this is very self-imposed, right? Like you keep bringing work into the living room. We want to keep our living room to be a space that's freed from that, that's life-giving. And you kind of pointed those obvious things out. I was like, oh yeah, you're, you're yeah, right. And it, it, it yeah. kind of stunk because it, I wanted to get defensive and I'm like, well, do you know all that's going on in work right now? I got yeah, it. Like there's these deadlines, reason. there's these things we got to do here. And, um, but at the same time, I was complaining about it. And you're kind of like, well, which, which one's it going to be, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, in this instance, I was complaining about not working out, like, for weeks and weeks and weeks. Oh, I feel terrible about myself. I haven't worked out. I'm, I feel terrible about myself. I haven't worked out. And you're like, Katie, like, if, if, if you're going to keep feeling terrible about yourself not working out, you just need to work out. Like, when's a good time for you to do that? Yeah. <laughs> How can I help you do that? But you need to stop complaining about it if you aren't going to do anything. Yeah. And... Obviously, the way we want to go into these kinds of conversations is mentally being on our spouse's side. I think until we can get our mind on our spouse's team mm. and we aren't going in to fix them, but we're coming alongside them to genuinely help them out, then I don't think we're willing, we, we're in the right spot to have the conversation because no that will come out. Yes. And so I think in both these instances, um, it was starting to create tension in our marriage, how I was acting how Elisha was acting, but I do think that by the time we had these conversations, we were on each other's side, if that made sense. It's like, I I genuinely want what's best for you, but we need to talk about this here. Right. And because this is affecting our marriage. Mm -hmm. And if something's affecting your marriage in the long term, I don't think it's best to sweep it under the rug. Mm -hmm. Um, if there's something that can be done again, if someone's going through a chronic illness or if something, someone's like, if, if it's unchangeable, then the only thing we can change is our mentality around it. That's just the way it is. And it's not going and being like, well, I'm just not attracted to this chronically ill person or this, you know, woman that is sagging in areas after having babies or whatever. And so I'm going to go transfer my attraction. Like that's just non-optional. So, but then there's other seasons where if something is optional to be able to be like, how can I be on their team? And I think the focus should always be on the actions being taken, not the results, because we can't control the actions. And so if our actions are harming us or harming our spouse or harming our marriage in the long term, then I think that we can come alongside our spouse and address those actions. Hmm. But never have the focus be on the results because we can't control the results so much. Mm-hmm. You know, some a lot of things that maybe we say are attractive or unattractive are outside of our control, like aging and wrinkles and um, seasons of ups and downs. Yes. Right? Yes. But things that are in our control are um, showing that we care through right. making healthy decisions, moving our bodies, um, and just being in God's word, you know, taking the steps that we need to take to be mentally and physically and emotionally healthy, that will have some kind of physical um, ramification. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, the attractive things are going to, hopefully they shift throughout time. Like when you just think of priorities, when you think of going back to your youth, like you one have age on your side, you have youth on your side. And a lot of times you have time on your side too. It's mm-hmm. like, you don't maybe have children so you can devote a chunk of the day each day to exercise or to think about what you're eating. And all of a sudden those hours are minimized and it's, Again, we prioritize health. I think it we we value it. Mm-hmm. But you even think of seasons that we've gone through where it's like, okay, evening time is not a good time to go to the gym anymore because we're doing family Bible time. 
what spouse is going to hate the other spouse for that? Yeah. Right? Like that's yeah. just a very, you're like, this is awesome. This is what we're about family culture. Or, you know, I'm going to spend more time in God's word instead of what, you know, hitting the CrossFit class. Like mm-hmm. that's a very, we can be like, awesome. Like, th- like you see that in your spouse, but if it's like, we're not, I'm not going to go to the gym anymore at the evening time. I'm just going to like lay on the couch and watch movies. It's like, well, that's not it. Again, it's not the results so much. It's the action. Yes, yes. It's the action and, and what, and that can be the part that's very frustrating for another spouse. Yes. I guess even with, yeah, if you're not results based, but the actions are just frustrating you because you don't feel like your spouse, again, it goes back to that caring. Yeah. You just don't feel like they care. Well, and, and, and on that topic, it is pretty funny. Even when I mentioned going to the gym, well, I say it's funny. It's actually really sad that it's such a common theme for people to recreate themselves and to make themselves as attractive as possible once they're out of their marriage. Like they get divorced. Oh, yeah. They move on from their spouse. So sad. And they go back to learning new hobbies, go back to the gym, get in. Like they start they self-developing again. They become an interesting again. person. Yes. They start caring. They go out and they get a haircut for the first time exactly. in six years. They change their wardrobe. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like I, I've witnessed this happen so many times through acquaintances or just you get to know people at wherever, you know, at jujitsu or at the gym or even people joining Votberg Music Academy and like they're trying to recreate themselves and learn guitar to make themselves more attractive to, to women. Like I want to yeah. be more interesting. And it's like they didn't think about that until they were until their marriage was ruined. Mm-hmm. You're like, what a shame. Like what a well, dis- you also see the lead up before a divorce happens. You see couples both not caring. No, no. You see them both starting to put a ton of effort into their appearance as they start feeling less secure in their marriage. Oh, interesting. It's like they're prepping. Yeah, to they're become... prepping for a divorce. Yeah. And that's just such a shame. And yet it's like commonly known. Like that mm-hmm. is just such a thing in culture. And you're like, do that in marriage. Like do that while you're married. Become an, be an yeah. interesting person to your spouse. Learn the new language. You know, try set new goals for and again it's it's action based it's not results based it's like yeah. it's it's the intentionality like learn learn greek so that you can read the new testament in you know the original language um or there's other things too that we straight up we don't expect someone in a dating pool to be attracted to some a certain standard physically but then we have beef when our spouse doesn't find that as attractive does that make sense? People, when they enter the dating pool, start to work out and they start to care about how they look from a physical perspective. But then as soon as we address that within a marriage and someone says, hey, maybe you should care within a marriage, you say, whoa, my spouse is supposed to love me unconditionally. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, you know, the first part, we would never enter into the second part of this podcast without addressing the first part, right? It's like the, uh, the apostles, not the apostles, the epistles, <laughs> where the first part of the letter is saying everything that Jesus has done. Right. And then the second half of the letter is saying, now that we know that Jesus Christ has done this, now walk this way. Mm-hmm. And that is how this podcast episode, I want it to be viewed, not taken out of context. That first half is we are in complete control of just loving our spouse unconditionally. The second half is, okay, now let's take some responsibility for being more lovable being like. more lovable <laughs> because straight up there are certain things that are more lovable than other things yeah. attitude wise energy wise interest um in the other person wise all those things are make us attractive and it's not just a physical thing and i think sometimes as 
women, we can throw in the towel of all the other things because we don't feel attractive physically. And we feel like there are some things that we cannot change unless we took major surgical, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, did something surgically. And so we just throw in the towel on being interested or delightful or um, romantic or flirtatious or appreciative of our, of our husbands, Hmm. where it's like, a man can be very attractive to a woman who is all of those things, even if she doesn't have every, every, you know, thing in the right place. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I've seen it happen nope. over and oh. over. Well, you and see couples where a man just thinks his wife is incredible. And then, and she's just, you're kind of like, well, I don't know what he sees in her quite, you know, from like a physical standpoint. True. And then you see the guy who has, you know, the Barbie doll wife and he just wants to be in another room. Right. He doesn't want to be anywhere close to that woman. Yes. You know, so it's not all, all physical. No doubt. Are you kidding right? me? No, no, no doubt. Well, yeah. Again, again, going back to like, hopefully, ten years in a marriage, you've your what you are attracted to has changed as well. You know, like yeah, there is the joke like the young, the, you know, the the twenty five year old is always going to be the twenty five year old. I get that. But when you got into mar- when you went into marriage, you like had to know that that was a known quantity that you were going to grow old with your mm-hmm. spouse, and so hopefully you are both growing as people in the same direction so that like the patience that your spouse now has the long suffering that they have the, the intellectual uh, pursuits that they've gone on, you know, the spiritual growth that they had, that's more attractive to you than ever. Like Mm -hmm. that. So hopefully you are both growing towards those things. And then also, you know, it's interesting because you can really encourage your spouse. I think of, I, I don't know how people feel about this, but like I'm looking to you. Like if I do something new or unique, um, whatever musically, and like that's I'm... not where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. <laughs> musically, yes. <laughs> um, and I show it to you. I'm like trying to show off. Like I'm, I'm wanting to impress you, and you can encourage me in that. You're like, dude, that is awesome. Like, and mm-hmm. it's the same thing. You encourage me when. I get on a good streak at the gym and it's like, I'm hitting you're like, dude, like, like your shoulders are, you know, that are more defined than ever. That's when you say that I don't get insecure. I'm like, Oh, she only likes me, you know, for these things that I'm doing, like, oh, you know, yeah. writing a new song or working out again. It's encouraging. It's like, yes. it really, it builds me up. Um, and when I'm like, well, I'm going to keep doing this. This is fun. Yeah, I no, like getting I work affirmation. out for one day and Elisha tells me how great. It is. And I'm just like, wow, okay. Like I can't see any results, but like, and maybe it is just the action I'm taking, but that affirmation that's immediate mm-hmm. is so encouraging and motivating to me. Yeah. So anyways, there is that unconditional piece. That is the most important piece, but then looking to ourselves as, okay, how can we take responsibility to be attractive in this relationship? Um, I think something, my mom encouraged me right when I got married, she said, Hey Katie, you're going to have moments of insecurity. Um, don't point out your weaknesses to your husband. And I haven't been perfect on this, but there is an element of we don't need to, sometimes as women, when we're insecure about a certain aspect of our bodies, we just talk about it all the time. And that can really um, focus our husband's attention more on that too. than sometimes just dealing with it ourselves and not necessarily dramatizing it to our husband and just letting him think that we're attractive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that can sometimes be helpful than like consistently pointing out our flaws. Hmm. Um, 
yeah anyways but but i mean obviously there is an element in marriage that is physical yes and is. and yeah. so doing what you can in it i mean we can probably wrap this up but i do think that is i don't know I, to me i feel like again i love taking that responsibility of making changes to become more attractive to encourage people to you know, try to act more in a more attractive way for their spouse. But I think, like you said, you got to go way upstream to just like the theology of marriage, the doctrine yeah. of it, to what this institution is. And there, you even go to like the standard of beauty. It's like, I'm not attracted to you anymore. Like, like beauty is on this. Um, It's, it's like, it, it, and that's how people talk about it. They talk about it like love, right? Like it's just kind of the wind. If it, if it finds you that it finds you, and if you're attracted to this person, then they are the one, but then that changes. And so then somebody else is the one and that changes. And we know that like, that's, yep, yeah, that's, that's puppycock, you know, right there. It's, it's foolishness. It's like, no, once you're in that covenant, this is the person you're going to be attracted to that you are going to love. And so lean into that, like train your mind. And, and when you think of the, the scale of like being attracted, like what is the standard? Like what that's always changing. Yeah, like, and, and so if you are exposing yourself, not even cause we know that, directly looking at pornography for the sake of lust it's like okay well that's terrible and that's just going to bring death to your or marriage like for any sake yeah exactly <laughs> yeah for the research you, yeah the way no. you clarified it there it's like there's actually no caveat to that yeah. you're but, right yeah yeah so looking at pornography is like that's just going to bring death to your marriage on on every level mm -hmm. and so that's if you're not attracted to your spouse anymore and you've been looking at porn you're kind of like well like you're not going to be attracted to any like that's just not going to work. Like you're not, you're never going to, that's never going to work. So get rid of that. But then maybe if you just in your brain, like are attracted to attributes in general that aren't your spouse, your spouse, it's like, stop thinking stop about telling you know, yourself that. Yeah, exactly. Stop like, okay, I'm not going to look at, uh, at, at pornography, but I do know I like this better. You're mm -hmm. like, well, no, don't say that to yourself. Don't mm -hmm. repeat that to yourself. Um, because this is who the Lord has for you and, mm -hmm. and lean into that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's good that's good see i don't yeah i don't have to deal with any of this stuff but just attracted to you same just on an objective level all right well we can uh probably wrap the, did you did you have anything else you want to say before we wrap it up well okay maybe just to put this in perspective there is always going to be a woman more attractive than you and so we just need to embrace that concept. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes I can believe the lie and I think the devil wants us to believe the lie that if we were perfect, then we would be like the most attractive woman in the world and our husbands would never be attracted to another woman or something like that. Mm. Or like there will always be someone more successful and more together and more attractive than our husband as well from a maybe objective standpoint like sure. who who is to say yeah like taller yeah like bluer eyes or like yeah better hair yeah like whatever yeah and so from a husband's point perspective and a wife's perspective it's just like we have to be attracted to the person that is in front of us that, that is our Lord's, spouse exactly That's who the lord's given us to be attracted to it's not on this comparison level across the board and also we aren't going to be perfect either so we just need to stop being so insecure about how we look, take the best actions and just be attractive in our marriages hmm. instead of, you know, because there will always be a woman that could make us insecure. Yes. And likewise for men, that's like from both. Yeah. Like you said, from both perspectives, yeah, you have like it's the like hottest wife in the world and there will always be another sexier woman out there. Yeah. She's not going to be the hottest wife in the world. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. And it's the same. Yeah. So how you view your wife being like, okay, like I could always go find somebody 
mm-hmm. in some way that's more attractive mm-hmm. physically. And then also there's always going to be a guy that's got, you know, attributes that I don't have, you know, mm-hmm. that are more attractive. And and so it's a silly thing to tr- think you could become that like, Yes, or think your spouse could become that either. Yes, exactly. We just have to look straight across from each other and be like, I am going to be attracted to you. Yes. And I want you to be attracted to me. So let's just work on that. As a team. As a team. Yeah. (laughs) And just really fall in love with each other. Yes. And I think that's why it's like bedroom talk, marriage intimacy talk. That really needs to be between the husband and the... It's like you can't... You know, when you see the articles on the ma- on the magazines at the checkout yeah. aisle, like how to make this guy to go, you know, go crazy this way and how to make this girl go crazy that way. You're like, that's irrelevant to our marriage. Yes. It's like you need it. You need to know your spouse and what in what do they want? What do they prefer? And it's just between you guys and nobody else, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of marriage is mm-hmm. that we get to share that intimacy that no one else gets to have even when there are beautiful people all over the world. Yes. And, you know, praise the Lord. He created a lot of beautiful people. And that's just what, um, that's irrelevant to our marriage. Yes. Amen. Well, we'll wrap it up, folks. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, maybe maybe share it with someone. Share it to your your family text thread if you have one of those. You can... Share it there or to any social media platform you might have. Uh, if you if you enjoyed it, maybe leave it a thumbs up or a rating and review. Any of those things, we appreciate all those and they really help us. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.